This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Are the San Francisco 49ers potentially wasting a great defense? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It seems like an odd question to ask, but when you think about it in the bigger picture, if the 49ers don't win a Super Bowl here in the next year or two, they will go through an entire era of really good defenses. My partner was talking about early this morning on our uh, pre-show meeting that I, I think you could look at few teams and see that ever happen in the history of teams, not just with a great defense in a particular year, not just the 85 Bears or the Ravens or teams like that, but going through an era, a four to five year period where you just have a dominant group and clearly the best in the game, Joe, if you come through the other end of this without at least one championship, that is that is a, 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 just an incredible waste of an opportunity for an organization that is not known for wasting opportunities. Well, the thing is, they're close. They're close. They're not like Dallas winning 12 games in the regular season two years in a row and then flaming out in the playoffs. There are some teams that have put together just remarkable runs win-wise in the regular season, and then maybe they get to the playoffs and they fail. You know, we haven't talked about it at all this year, but remember, Lamar Jackson's been around for a while. The Ravens have won for a while. They've got one postseason victory under him. It was against Tennessee. That's an organization that you look at and you say, well, as good as they've been, they haven't been able to capitalize. The Niners have been close. They did lose in the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a lot of shame in that considering how good Kansas City's been. They lost an NFC championship game, a close one, to Sean McVay's Rams, who then went on to win the Super Bowl. And then last year, they're in the NFC championship again against Philadelphia. And every quarterback known to man that's ever been associated with the organization from Joe Montana to Steve Young to Jeff Garcia to Brock Purdy all got hurt in the same five minute stretch. So they've been close. They've been putting themselves in position. They just can't close. Kyle Shanahan comes on the scene in 2017. The organization is a complete joke. I know I was there covering them on a daily basis. Uh, They were coming off one year of Jim Tom Sula, followed by Mm. one year of Chip Kelly. It was a disaster. 17 and 18. They get the roster set. They start building up. And in 19, they're in the Super Bowl. And in the five years since, including this season in 2023, in 2019, seventh in scoring defense. Then they were 17th, then fifth, first, and this year they're third. In terms of point differential, in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs, they were third in the NFL in point differential. Then they were 17th the following year. Garoppolo got hurt. Things fell apart. Then 10th second, and now third. So in terms of outscoring the opposition on a regular basis, they do it quite well. In terms of being one of the league's better defenses, over the last five years, I'm not sure you can argue there's a better defense that's existed over the last five years. The Niners have done everything they need to do to be in a position to compete for Super Bowls. The one thing they haven't done is win the Super Bowl. And why haven't they done that? I mean, you can look at a few different reasons. Certainly the quarterback has been a part of it, but not the biggest reason. I think we can look back a couple of years ago against Kansas City and say Kyle Shanahan might have been the biggest reason when they stopped running the football and they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, a golden opportunity to win that game, and they didn't. That's why it's going to sting if they don't get there. Yes, there are 
extenuating circumstances in some spots. But I do think that as well as Brock Purdy is playing right now, Joe, if you look back and you come out the other end of this without it, it's going to be one of those strange circumstances where you see a team that is constructed just so, so well with the exception of the most important position on the field, especially when you have a head coach that is so focused on developing quarterbacks. Well, what do you do, right? Like, we look at how do we view Marv Levy in history? He didn't close. That was four years in a row in the Super Bowl. But do we sit here and do we knock Marv Levy? Do we say the Bills should have made a change at head coach? See, we we started the show by criticizing. the The first thing we say about Marv Levy is he lost four straight Super Bowls. Right. That, that's the first thing we say. But in the moment, what are you doing there? Are you, are you, are you getting rid of Levy for a different coach? Because no. today we've talked about how the Bears need to get rid of Eberflus. They've lost, what, 14 straight. Uh, we've talked about how Brian Dable, probably not getting fired, but wow. Wow, has he fallen far since winning coach of the year. Now we're transitioning to San Francisco and we're talking about all the problems they have. Eh, the problem is they just haven't won the big one. I don't know how much of that we want to overthink because every single year they're competing. How many fan bases right now would rather be the San Francisco 49er fan base in terms of having that as your team? So many. I mean, you could take, I would say, probably half the league at least. And I'm just saying in the bigger picture, not just having this team this year, uh, at least half the league would want to have the kind of stability that they have put together over the last five years or so. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Shanahan's that guy that's just dancing around it. It's just a matter of time. He has coached himself out of a couple of those situations, that 2019 Super Bowl. I can't remember which Kansas City chief defender was saying it, but after the game when they won, he said, we were praying, praying that the Niners would not go back to running the ball. The Niners had been running it down their throat the whole game, and for some reason, Shanahan decided late in the fourth he wanted to keep throwing. And 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 that's where the Chiefs turned the game because Garoppolo missed on two huge plays that could have determined the outcome of that game. It, it, they did, but just in Kansas City's favor. One was the bomb to Emmanuel Sanders where he missed him by just a couple yards deep. If Sanders catches it, he's either down at the one or he's inside the goal line, depending on if he slides and gets t- touched. And the other one was, I believe, a third down where George Kittle was wide open and Garoppolo didn't see it. And those plays would have eventually won the game for the Niners. So he's been close. You know, if I think it's either Joukowsky Tart or uh, Jimmy Ward in the NFC Championship game against the Rams, if he mm-hmm. if he catches that wounded duck of a throw from Stafford, that would be an INT. They would have won the game there. So they've been in position. They just can't figure out how to close it. This weekend's another example of how they can just step on somebody else to assert their dominance in the NFC. Um it's easy to point out some of the flaws Shanahan's had, but the, the level of success that franchise has had under him, considering where they were right before it. I mean, Harbaugh left and everyone thought, oh, my God, you know, we're losing one of the great coaches in our franchise's history after Bill Walsh and George Seifert. And the reality is once they got through two years of Chip Kelly and Mike, Jim Tom Sula, they found a guy who has stabilized their organization and returned them to respectability. Yes, but when you get to a certain point, when you're that organization that was about a dynasty with Montana and Bill Walsh and all that, there is a different standard, right? At, at some point, there is a different standard, frankly, similar to the conversation we were having yesterday about Pittsburgh. 
that they haven't won a playoff game in six years. That becomes where the line is drawn. We have success, but we're about winning championships. So when does that come into play? I think it comes into play a lot sooner for a team like San Francisco than it does for a team like Buffalo. Because Buffalo had put together a great team, and Marv Levy, it was never talked about. I'm willing to bet in a year or two, if they haven't gotten home, people are going to talk about that as a very real thing. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how the 49ers view themselves now as they did in the 80s as that organization, but I know the fan base still views it the same way. They do. I, I... They're not far removed. I mean, you have Jed York is the owner, so he's been around the organization since he was a kid. He knows exactly what it's like with his father or, excuse me, his uncle, Eddie DeBartolo, as the all-time great owner of that organization who had to sell the team to his sister, which is Jed's mom and all that stuff. Um, They just – they went through a real down spot. And I know that last year they view that loss to the Eagles as we would have won if we didn't get hurt. And maybe – that would have happened, but unfortunately, you did get hurt. It's just about seizing on the moments when you get them. And, and at some point in the future, the cap, the age of some of their key players, the health of some of their key players, it's going to get called into question. It, it's not going to be there. You have this beautiful core of talent right now, so balanced on both sides of the ball, and Purdy's your guy. And if he ends up being the guy that can get it done, it's going to go down as one of the all-time stories. All-time story for this to have happened because he's playing at such a high level, 14-1 to to win the MVP right now. It's just mind-blowing, mind-blowing what is going on at the quarterback position there. But they've just got to hope they have an opportunity that they can seize upon it. That's why the one seed is going to be so big for them. Don't have to go to Philadelphia this year. Don't have to play in the wild card round. One team gets a bye. It is the ultimate advantage in all of professional sports. An extra week of rest plus home field advantage. There's nothing in sports like that. you got to go out and get that bye. And if they can secure that, they're going to control the NFC this year. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. In just moments, a chance for Joe to get back on track and one superstar returns to the team that we did not think we would ever see him play for again. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or 
your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's give you the recap of how things went down yesterday. One and one, down half a unit. We won with the under on the Twins game. We lost with the Rays on the money line. Overall, as a show, 27 wins, 20 defeats, one tie, up 4.52 units. Two player props for tonight's showdown between the Bears and the Commanders. Both involve Commanders running back Brian Robinson. We're going to go over 15 and a half rushing attempts. We're going to go over 64 and a half rushing yards. The Bears don't have a very good defensive line. They don't have a very good defense in general. Several key players are injured in the secondary and out for this game. They don't generate a lot of stops against the run. They're likely playing from behind, which means Washington would be running the ball late in the fourth quarter to try to kill the clock, which means the opportunity should be there for a running back in Brian Robinson, who's handling 81% of the Washington rushing carries this year keep in mind the key here is his wins versus his losses in the two games Washington lost this year they were throwing the ball late so Robinson combined for only 24 carries and 115 yards with one touchdown in Washington's two wins however 37 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns I project them to win the night I project a lot of carries first two pizza monies Brian Robinson over 64 and a half rushing yards and over 15 and a half rushing attempts versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're just here trying to make you money with the best of the best. Joe Fortinball live from Vegas. Be sure to check out Joe's radio show, Carlin versus Joe. That's today at 12 p.m. Please tell Carlin I say hi, and I miss him. I miss seeing him in the mornings. You know what? That's just sweet. I used to run into Molly all the time when I was at the seaport filling in for Greeny, and I haven't seen her in a while, and Molly is... Just the best. You, however, did not relay that message. And here we are. And uh, I have to think you feel a little bit embarrassed that you wouldn't pass that along. No, they cut me off before I could respond and say something nice about you on first take. So (laughs) the whole segment was dead to me and I just moved forward. (laughs) That's what happened there. I had something to say. I wanted to respond and they were at the end of the segment and they rushed me off. And I was like, you know what? Forget Carlin. Forget this show. Forget all this. I'm on to Cincinnati. Uh, on to something along those lines, though. Here's what I do want to know. How quickly do you decide something or someone dead to you? Oh, my God. It's almost instantaneous. Really? I, I don't even think about it. That's what's so scary is that it is an impulse more than it is a well-thought-out decision. It's just something happens, and inside me, that person's dead to me. Like, that store's you, dead you to You will me. end that a relationship immediately if you are feel even the— slightest bit 
of yep. a slight. So- Pizza joint down the street from me, right here. I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to do anything. Right down the street. We've used them quite a bit. They're kind of the go-to for us on like a Sunday night. We don't always order them, but they're steady. Had to go down and pick it up a couple months ago, even though it's right down the street because the delivery was, you know, backed up. It was like two hours. No problem. You're right down the street. So I go down there. I give them my name. I sit down. They say, yeah, it'll be a little bit. Five minutes goes by. Ten minutes, 15. I get up. I'm like, just out of curiosity, any idea with the time? They take a look. The pizza had already come out. It was the same person. They just didn't realize it. So it sat there for 15 minutes. Not a big deal. Again, Joe Fortenball can move on from that. I can Mm. allow mistakes. We're not perfect. But then they hand me the pizza. They charged me wrong. There was a whole thing. They didn't give me the wings that were supposed to come with the order. The whole thing was screwed up. So then I had to sit there and wait as the pizza was cold as they made the wings. And then they, they had charged me. Apparently, they charged my wife, but then I came home and they had charged me and I didn't know this. So I went back for the refund. It was so many problems. And the woman ended up being so rude about it that I just right there. This place is dead to me. They haven't had our business since two months. They probably would have had at least 10 orders in that time. And they didn't even make you a fresh pizza. She actually said to my wife, your husband was so rude to me that I didn't feel like letting him know that there was something wrong with like the order. I, I can't remember exactly how it played out, but wow. I paid for the order when I was there, came home and got yelled at because she had already paid over the phone. So like the fact that they didn't alert me to that. Okay, again, another mistake. But then when I went back and tried to get the money for it, she tried to give me a store credit. And it was like, no, not a store credit. You made a mistake. And she claimed I was being rude. I mean, I was a little testy for sure. But I had already been through about five or six mistakes that they had made. So they're now dead to me. Well, listen, that is not a snap judgment right there. I would say that you, you were more than justified in that decision. More I, than justified. They had beat me up for nine or ten rounds, and we got to the eleventh round, and I just quit the fight. Yeah. I quit the fight. I said, "You can have this one. You, I'm just there's going to be no rematch." Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I stand by you. I stand by you 100 percent right there. I've got <laughs> your back. That. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. When you look at the season, we have started to talk quite a bit about the idea that he could be the MVP of the league this year. We are seeing Jonathan Taylor now return for the Indianapolis Colts. And I have to say, I didn't think we were going to see Jonathan Taylor play for the Colts again. Here he is just a little while ago uh, checking in on returning after demanding a trade. I'm here right now, and my number one thing is to take care of my teammates. Um, a lot of people worry about what I want, what I want. doesn't matter what necessarily I want. What matters is what this team needs, what this team wants, what this city wants, and what this city needs. And what this city needs is a championship. And, and while I'm here, that's what I'm going to work my tail off to do. That's what I work my tail off to get the opportunity to do. Um, you know, I think when you've been out for a while, you start looking at it and you, you say, man, When you have that opportunity, and I never took it for granted. Listen, I give him credit, but this is a situation for Jonathan Taylor where it's not only for all running backs kind of, thank you, sir, may have another, but it's also you have to be pleasant in all of it. You have to go out there and perform, and you can't get labeled as a bad guy either at a position where – the importance of it is clearly, clearly starting to be devalued in terms of what they are paid. 
Jonathan Taylor wasn't a first-round pick. Jonathan Taylor hasn't gotten a second contract yet. What Jonathan Taylor has is a four-year, $7.8 million deal that's fully guaranteed. That's $7.8 million spread out over four years. You factor in taxes, money that's already been spent, agent fees, all that stuff. I'm not saying it's not a lot because relative to us average Americans, it's, it's far more. But the reality is it's not as if he's set for life. Nope. He's someone that realizes he's got to play this year because he has to rack up the accrued season so that he can get the free agency or get to the franchise tag or get to whatever's next. That's what has to happen. So I think that's what this is about. He's saying all the right things, good for him, but he's coming back because he wants to get paid. It's not happening right now, so he's got to do what he needs to do this season to put himself in a position where he can make more money next season. Here he is a little bit more on his relationship now with the organization and if they're on the same page. Been a lot of things said and done, but at the end of the day, the number one overall goal for everybody was for me to get healthy, and I, I think everybody was on the same page with that one. I don't think it, it matters on if I'm saying I'm committed or not because I, I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here, and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. I think that was a very smart answer right there. It doesn't matter if I say whether I'm committed or not. I'm here. And by the first part of his answer, you know he's still annoyed about things that were said by Jim Ursay. I would be too. And the first opportunity you get, if they get more money somewhere else, you are leaving to go somewhere else. And Jonathan Taylor is still in that position, a fortunate one, where Joe if he is there for four years and then either gets hit with the franchise tag or gets a deal somewhere else, he's in essence in a very, very good spot. And he's one of the guys that I look at and is going to get paid, I think. When we talk about the devaluing of the running back position, I think there's some nuance here that gets overlooked in that the, the version of the running back that gets devalued is the workhorse 30 carries per game running back who comes out possibly on third down because he doesn't contribute in the passing game. Mm -hmm. That running back, as good as he can be in his prime, and we see a lot of that from like a Derrick Henry type, even though Derrick Henry's starting to show signs of age, obviously, that's the style of running back that's not really getting paid anymore. Taylor's a little bit of that mold. The guy that can get paid, the guy that can separate himself is the guy that contributes in the passing game. Christian McCaffrey is obviously the key example. He makes more than anybody because he can go out there and catch 80 passes in a season. He can be on the field for all three downs. Austin Eckler, who we're going to talk to in a little bit, he's like that. You know, Alvin Kamara in his, in his prime was like that as well, and it's why he's one of the highest-paid running backs in the league. If you're a young running back now, everyone's telling you, get away from the position. Kids don't want to play the position. That's bullcrap. That's bullcrap. Kids want to play football. They want to get on the field. They want to start. If starting at running back is the best way to get on the field, kids are going to play running back. But just learn how to catch the ball as well. Be, be someone who can contribute in both phases of the game. Your value goes up. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And as Joe just mentioned, in just moments, Austin Eckler of the Chargers is yeah. going to join us. He's going to give us the latest on his ankle injury. We'll find out if he's probable, questionable, you know, even doubtful. I don't know. That's all on the way. And uh, he will give you the best options on your bye week to impact your fantasy football. Who should you start instead of him? We'll ask him in moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Running game again this time. It's Eckler, and he's got a lane to the 50, to the 40, breaks away. 30, 25, stiff arm, 15, all the way inside the 10, Austin Eckler. He is one of the best running backs in the National Football League. He is Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going to be at a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 premiere event, and he'll be one of the first to play Modern Warfare 3. Austin, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, boys. All right. Now, listen, the uh, first thing I, I just got to bring up for a second is more of a personal thing. I go online. I'm reading uh, about, you know, some of your other interests, and one of them is financial uh, literacy and welfare. And I see you talking about how important it is, the value that you bring to a job. So how would you advise someone like me who does not bring value to a job? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would beg to differ. I would I would strongly beg to differ on that one because, uh, especially in your profession, if you do not do well, you will know very quickly because you will not have a job. Um, so the fact that we're talking right now lets me know that yeah, that one's probably not true. Well, we'll find out at the end of the interview if you feel the same way, Joe. <laughs> so, so we 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 this comes up all the time when we have Chargers discussions, and we finally have the opportunity to talk to a Charger. Are are you guys capable? of playing in a game that doesn't end in cardiac arrest because every single charger game is like a one score game that comes down to two or three plays in the final minute. It's every week. How do you handle it emotionally? Yeah. Um, you know, as, as competitors, you know, we are pretty much trained to have no emotion out there in the field, even though it is an emotional game, like you have to keep your head right. Whether it's going well or going bad, you know, it doesn't always happen, but that's, that's the goal. Um, and especially when, you know, you're getting the media pressure of the good things are happening, bad things are happening, um, all the scrutiny. And so for us, it's okay. Let's focus on us. Let's focus on how we can continue to pull ourselves together. And yeah, we're not trying to make every game close, but guess what? The league is a, a very competitive, some would say one of the most competitive sports um, out there. And so you're going to have close games. No one's, there's no Sunday where a team in the NFL can't win. Uh, I don't care who who's playing who. Like we've seen the upsets, we've seen the up and downs, and so for us, it's hey, let's try to play as consistent as we possibly can. Um, yeah, we're trying to beat everyone by as much as we possibly can. But hey, it's it's what makes this game so great is that there's great players, people make runs, and sometimes people come back. Sometimes you know, it's not it's not predictable. Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, joining us, Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Now listen. 
Brandon Stanley gets a lot of criticism, and I'll admit I'm one of the people that's out front on you usually for not just being aggressive in play calling, but heck, he's going to roll the dice fourth and one at his own 25 with a lead late in a game. So I'm curious as to how you guys view that, seeing a level of aggressiveness from your head coach that, frankly, we have not seen in the game, frankly, ever. Well, I, you must not have been watching the Chargers game then, because <laughs> I remember this man's first year. I don't, I, I don't know if he knew we had a punter. We're out there, we're going for it. Like he, he's got faith in the offense. He's like, look at the statistics: fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. Odds are we're going to get this. Um, and this man, you know, you can say it's aggressive. You can say it's, you know, he's analytical, looking at the statistics and playing the, the odds in our favor of, of the offense, getting it done, um, or whatever you want to call it. That's the way he. That's the way he likes to do it. And we've seen it, you know, in in two weeks now where we've been in that same scenario. Um, luckily, um, well, I guess not luckily, but he's also have he also has a lot of confidence in our red zone defense, which um, is is pretty good. You know, it's been good over the past few years. Um, and so I think all of those play a factor into it, you know, the confidence in the offense and then also his confidence in our, our red zone defense. Okay, so Carlin and I disagree a little bit at times when it comes to the decision of when to go. Each of the last two weeks, I love it. I love it. Even though you're buried in your own territory, you get that one yard – you keep the ball, you're ending the game. You're playing to win the game on that yep. down, so I'm for it. It just comes down to the execution and to, as to whether or not the play ends up working. How do you go about 100%. that in practice? Because you guys break down practice into how many different periods. Is there a special period designed for these, like, let's go win the game on fourth and one or let's go win the game on this two-point conversion? Uh, well, there's a balance, right? We have a lot to install throughout the throughout the week, and we want to be efficient with our time. So it's not like a whole – you know, period about like, hey, this is our fourth and one play. We do have a short yardage play, and within that will be our, hey, this is our fourth and one play for this week if we ever have this situation. Um, and maybe it's the same as last week, or maybe it changes. And depending on if it's a new one, right, we, you always put like some type of variation in there, but you probably only practice in it once, maybe twice in a walkthrough. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, everything kind of runs like that. That's how the NFL works. You, you, maybe you don't even get a rep full speed. You might just get it installed because, hey, it's, it's a down week right now. We got some guys banged up. And so, you know, we got to make sure that we're saving our bodies. And uh, the install in, in the NFL, I think people would be really surprised on how much we actually have to just read off of different play sheets, different um, installs. And maybe we don't even get these full speed reps, but then we get in the game and we can execute them, you know, at a pretty high level. So, um, it's one of those where, yeah, you try to practice as much as you can. We know we're going to be in short yard situation, so we do have a day for it. But, you know, you, you try to stay out of them if you can. You try to always convert. Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, going to be in a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 premiere event. Joining us on ESPN Radio. All right, you got the bye week here. Another opportunity, uh, another week here for you to get healthy. Where are you currently with the ankle injury? Yeah, um, it's been progressing back. Um, you know, there's was, there was pictures of me out on the practice field this last week. And so, obviously, there's been progress of me being on the field. Now we're getting into the bye week as well. So, I'll have a whole other week of, of rest and rehab. And then we have the Monday night game, which gives me even a little bit more time, too, and another extra day. And, uh, you know, obviously, have that week of, the, of preparation for the Cowboys. And so, yeah, this thing is it's looking really good for, for Monday Night Football. How much fun is it for you to break the news as to your own status on your own podcast. It's hilarious <laughs> to me to see it, but it always ends up making news on social. Like, you've got to get a huge kick out of that. Well, look, there's there's some precaution that I have to take, you know, because I don't, I don't want to ever out – 
outkick my coverage, so to speak, right? Like right. the team is my coverage. Like we're, we're all in this together. Um, we got to make sure we're having the same message out there. Uh, I've learned my lesson in the past, you know, talking about talking about injuries, you know, a little bit prematurely when the team's not on board or we're not putting it out to the public. So uh, I'm just very careful and very um, just, you know, cautious of my words when I talk about, you know, any of my injuries in the future. So do you record like a liner that just says, hi, I'm Austin Eckler. And when I want to find out if I'm questionable, I listen to my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I would advise other other people to do that. Like, hey, going to find out, you know, I'm talking about here I am. Here's access to me. Here you go. Um, But yeah, no, there's there's a ton of media that I do every single week. And so, you know, obviously I'm going to get asked about it, especially if you just go into my DMs. It's the hundreds of messages a day about, hey, man, I need you back for fantasy. You know, hey, I hope you're getting better. And so I know it's a a hot topic because I know it was a high draft pick out there. So, look, we've had this time off. We had our bye. So looking forward to uh, hopefully coming back Monday night and making sure uh, we can start pulling up my end of the deal as far as production. Uh, Who are you picking up this week to start in your own place on your team? Ooh, I don't have me on some of my fantasy teams. Uh, really? They do have me on one, and we're not, we're not doing very well. Well, the thing is, you got to have a high I was I drafted too low. I couldn't get myself. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know. A blessing because, you know, it's like, oh, thanks, you guys, for, you know, having faith in me. But a curse because now I can't get myself, um, you know. How does that conversation, go if, take, take how does conversation go if you're trying to trade for yourself? Like, of course I'm worth that. It doesn't go very far, I'll tell you that. Not very far. Uh, all right. Tell us about the Modern Warfare 3 event that you're going to be a part of, and what is the longest that you have ever sat playing Modern Warfare 3? Wow, that's a great question. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm out here actually right now. It's, it's been an amazing event. Uh, if you were able to see this venue that, that Call of Duty has set up and, and invited all of these streamers and, and people that are really influential and, and making an impact in the Call of Duty plays and the world, you would see just, like, you'd be wowed with what they've done out here. It's pretty amazing and pretty awesome kickoff for their, their new Call of Duty next and, you know, unveiling of the new, new Warzone map. And so really excited for that. But as far as me playing Call of Duty, I'm, I've been playing for a really long time. So I definitely have had some sessions where I've sat there um, with some buddies and even, even nowadays, you know, playing with some teammates, you know, that are on different teams to stay in touch. Um, you know, we'll put in a few hours here and there just to, to catch up and also stay competitive as well. And so uh, I know there's a lot of Call of Duty fans out there in the NFL and, you know, fortunately some of them are my friends. So it's a great way for us to stay connected. But I did one time play Warzone and I, I was streaming. I told my stream that I was going to play until I got a win. And about four o'clock in the morning, I was like, "All right, guys, I think we got to go to bed." (laughs) (laughs) But uh, next time, next time, uh, we got the next day. (laughs) Yeah, shut it down, boys. Not happening today. Thanks very much, Austin. It was one of those where I think the pride got in the way. (laughs) Hey, Austin, awesome stuff, man. Appreciate a few minutes, and best of luck coming back here next week. Hopefully. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and, and like, look, I think you're going to keep your job. You're not so bad at it. So, yeah, keep making an impact, man. Oh, I, appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. Let's make sure we have that on uh, recorded so that I can pass along to my agent. That is Austin Eckler. Yeah, let's turn, that into, uh, let's turn that into something there. That is a huge endorsement. You're not that bad at your job. Yeah, it's among the best I've ever gotten, for sure. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Okay, it's Thursday, so you know what that means, my friend. All right, boys, it's hammer time. This week's question is this. What is the only team to beat the Cowboys five times in the playoffs? 
the only team that beat the Cowboys five times in the playoffs. Good luck. Ooh. Ooh. That is the hem. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Played those out of order. Did we just do that backwards? Yes, we did. I just played it because uh, it, you know I like the production. Can we get? I was like, wow, that's a lot phone? of production for the end of the segment. Maybe we should ask uh, Austin if that was really uh, warranted. <laughs> uh, to Hembo's credit, sounds like a pretty straightforward question this week. All right, I, ha- I do. At the current moment, I do not have a problem with the way it was phrased. At the moment, at we'll the moment. find out in moments. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your Dr. Pepper call in line. It is once again the Hembo Hammer delivering with his question of the week. So far, Joe does not have any problem with the way the question was asked. And here's how it was asked the correct answer is oh wait let me stop wrong one wrong almost gave it away all right boys it's hammer time this week's question is this what is the only team to beat the cowboys five times in the playoffs the only team that beat the cowboys five times in the playoffs good luck all right let's start with this number one Excellent job by Hembo. The question itself sounds very well researched. It's mm-hmm. very well laid out. I can find no ambiguities whatsoever. And perhaps more importantly, when he repeats it for the second time, he says the exact same thing. Yeah. We had a problem last week where the second iteration of the question changed and opened up the floodgates. Hembo has done a tremendous job with this question. Whether or not I get it right or wrong, I want him to know I think he's done fantastic work here. Absolutely fantastic work asking a question. Well done, Hembo. Well done, well done. indeed. Okay. What do you got? I got one. It came to mind right away. I I said to myself, I'm not going to outthink the room. It was the first thing that came to mind. I do think he might be trying to trick us. San Francisco is the team they play this weekend. That might be considered too obvious, so obvious that it is, in fact, correct. So I told myself, no galaxy brain here. First thing that popped into my mind is my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Uh, I I do think he is trying to get away with that one. Really? I do, yeah. And so I'm thinking older even older days, and uh, three teams came to mind. The Packers, the Vikings, and the Rams. Interesting. I uh, So despite all the history with San Francisco, as well as the fact that the Niners have knocked them out twice in the last two yeah. years, they're not even in your top I, I, three. I just think he's trying to stick it to us. I think yeah, but he could it. make it so obvious that we think this, and then we end up outthinking the room, and it's like, it's the 49ers, you idiots. Yeah. How obvious does it need to be? All right, I'll take the chance of being an idiot and saying the 49 and and not saying the 49ers. I will say the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. You're yeah. going with the Vikings. 
I am going with the Green Bay Packers. I that was the first one that came to mind. I think you were. I thought on your the right first path. one that came to mind was the 49ers. No, first one that came to mind was the Packers. I just oh. thought grand history of the sport, how many years the Packers have been around. I remember Aaron Rodgers knocking him out with that incredible pass down the left sideline a few years ago. And then you mentioned him, and I, I was like, I think Carlin is on the right track. And I also think Hembo feels he can bait us with the Niners. We are too smart for that trap, Hembo. Uh, let's go ahead and let's let's reveal it. Let's reveal. The correct answer is the Rams. The Rams did so in 76, 79, 83, 85, and 2018. Well done. Well done, Hembo. Damn it. I want to make one thing very clear here. This is the second week in a row where I've picked the wrong one of my guests. And I I knew that was coming, and that's what I wanted to get ahead of. Uh, You get 0% credit for these. You don't get to throw out five, ten options and then be like, oh, you know, I had it. I just went the other way. No, You are 100% wrong. I don't want your credit. I don't I want to make your sure. credit. What I want is to get it right, and it's more frustrating for me when I get good educated guesses <laughs> and I give the wrong one. I don't blame anybody else. I blame me. I suck on my own. I don't need your help or Hembo's help. How I many suck. times has that happened now? You, that's at Twice. least two in a row. Is that more than two total, though? No, that's two in a row. Because the week before that, I had it right. I'm one for four right now. Week one, I was way off. But, uh, God. Good, strong question. Very good, strong question. And I knew, I just knew he wasn't going to hit us with the 49ers because it seemed way too easy. But let me see if you're going to outsmart yourself and not say the 49ers, but then maybe say it. You know, one of those things. Here's, Here's the thing. He wanted me on edge. He wanted me going all over the place with my head. And he got it. Yeah. He got it was well he done. It was yeah. well done by Hembo this week. There's, there's nothing else to be said. Finally putting together a well-prepared question that doesn't offer any ambiguity. Job well done. To this game this weekend, I've been looking at something. We keep continuing to try to figure out how the Cowboys are going to get past the Niners. Can they get past the Niners? I'll throw this at you. Going back through the history of Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn, which is the marquee matchup here. Shanahan, the genius play caller. Quinn, the defensive mastermind of the Dallas Cowboys defense. The two working together in Atlanta back in the day. Cowboys got to find a way to score points early because that's what's doomed them. And I know that sounds very elementary, but last year in the playoffs, they put up six points in the first half. They're trailing 9-6 at the half. The year before that in the playoffs, they went down 13-0. They trailed 16-7 at the half. Too little, too late on the comeback. And then one other time, Quinn went against Shanahan, where Quinn was at least the head coach. I know Quinn had some time in Seattle where Shanahan may have been in Washington. It's a whole thing. But the time in Atlanta, it was the year... The Niners went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs. Late in the season at Levi's, Niners were a sizable favorite against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. They lost the game outright. They were trailing uh, 10-7 early in that game. It went to the half 10-10. Atlanta found a way to pull it off late by driving down the field and scoring. That's the, time, that's the only time Quinn has beaten Shanahan since Shanahan's been in San Francisco. So just something to keep in mind. Cowboys have some really slow starts against this Niner defense. If Prescott can put points up early, you might be able to flip the script and make the Niner offense uncomfortable. See, I think the biggest thing that I keep coming back to now is making the Niner offense uncomfortable. Eh, I don't see it. I think it's more of... The Niners being the overly physical team here. I don't. Are the Cowboys going to be able to, you know, really be physical in the second half of a game when they need to? That that's where I keep coming back to. The physicality of the second half, huh? Yeah. 
Mm. Like, you're talking about the halftime. I don't disagree. The Cowboys need to score early. They need to get some, you know, 17 first-half points would be an excellent start. It really would be. But I don't see it happening because I think ultimately they end up getting beat up in the second half of that game. Uh, it's not often I would say that, but I see it this week for sure. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.